Welcome to the pre-show. Welcome to the pre-show. Greg, today we are recording on March the 8th. And uh, our guests today are both returning guests. We have Vin Rock from uh, hip-hop group Naughty by Nature. And uh, we also have Greg... Uh, who is who works with uh, with Vin Rock? Uh, not you, not you, Greg. Um, not me. Yeah, and he and works with others too. He works with others as well. And uh, we're going to be talking about NFTs and the metaverse and what this all means to the music industry and to music fans. I'm looking forward to this because yeah. if you know me, you know I'm a bit of a skeptic. Yeah. Now, as I've said before, do I believe NFTs will be the same thing in a year or two? No. No, no. I don't. Right. Do I also believe that NFTs can help artists? Yes. Okay. Are there some challenges that I'm going to talk about? That has been brought up by other people about NFTs today? There sure are. Oh, boy. Oh. We are have, you going to be like a, a shit disturber today? Nope. No, just we have okay. uh, we have a question from a uh, Nevertime listener, Nevertime caller, who, uh, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> no, Natalie Muir has asked a question that she'd really like an answer to. Okay. Natalie's our um, our website master, our webmaster. Is that is that that Natalie? She should be. Yes, she should because be because I suck at it. Yeah. So before our guests come on, mm. it is International Women's Day. We've had the opportunity to speak with uh, just some great guests who are women, great women. Why are you laughing at me? Why are you? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and so I, I just wanted. So if you follow us on on the on the Twitter uh, at Welcome Music Pod, uh, we've got a, a whole thread there of some of our favorite guests over the past couple of years. Not all of them, uh, but just a sprinkling of uh, of some of our favorite guests. Do you have any favorites? Do you have anyone in particular that comes to mind that you just enjoyed well, I, I their mean, chat? It's always good to sit down with Biff, period. Yeah. Um, again, Sass was hilarious. Wait, mm-hmm. been, I haven't heard, laughed that hard. Um, I, I, there's there's been a ton and a lot of young, younger um, younger artists as well. Yeah, we've chatted with um, over the years. We have recorded more Zoom interviews just because of of when this podcast got started than live interviews. So I, I really miss the the live ones, um, and so. You know, I remember uh, when we sat down with uh, Sate. Mm-hmm. 
soon after we saw her in concert at uh, the Horseshoe Tavern. Yes. And uh, that was a great chat. And, and, I, and I think because it was, I, I remember that one because it was live and in, in, in person with her. Uh, but I'm just thinking of even, you know, speaking with, <clears throat> excuse me, I know we have a mute button here, but I apologize. Um, Candle. Candle Osborne. Love chatting with her. And I just think back, man, if that was in person, how much better would, have I, would I have enjoyed that chat? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I am thankful for this. Um, special congrats also to uh, Zenisol for her Juno nomination. Yeah, she was a, a, a past uh, a guest as well this past year. The Ocon chat was amazing, and they won a Juno last year. Oh my goodness! That Greg, they are the most popular guest of ours. Really? No, I think, yeah, we've gotten more listens on that episode than any of our other episodes, uh-huh. um, which goes to show the the global popularity of of that group. Yep, and uh, yeah, yeah, I just love them, uh-huh. and they were our first. Live perform well. Let me. They were the first guest that, on request, performed for us. That's true. You know, and that, and that, that started a, a a tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we they, asked, were, they were the first. Yeah, we asked most of our guests if they would like to perform now. Yes. Uh, because of just being serenaded by them. <laughs> yeah. Um, a very insightful conversation with Angel Barbo. Barbo? Yes. I mean, just. Yeah. That was a great about, chat. You know, First Nations life. And yeah. Indigenous Absolutely. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to our show, Greg. All right. That's the pre show. That's the pre show. I stole your line. Okay. hi the following podcast is brought to you by radical road brewery the best craft beer in the heart of leslieville find them at 1177 queen street east that's radical road brewery vin i it would not be um i i have to ask you this you can tell me that you can't answer because we are recording who who were you talking to about the catalog stuff (laughs) Oh no, that that's a different company. Different company. Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> all right. He was, he was hoping it was going to be Neil Young's catalog that you were buying off of the last buyer, <laughs> and then you know, right? And he was going to geek out, and the whole hour would be about Neil Young. But I'm just, I'm just fascinated about you know all of these. We, we talked. Did we talk about it last week, Greg? You know, yeah. we talked about all these people are selling their catalogs, and yeah why they're doing it and and what does it mean to the industry if it means anything at all or what does it mean to these artists outside of all the cash they're going to get now right you know so it's it's it's, it's fascinating vin brown 
Greg Caron, thank you so much for joining us today um, on Welcome to the Music. All about NFTs, all about the metaverse. Um, when I jumped on a call with Greg, I can't remember, Greg, if somebody told me that I should call you or whether I just saw stuff you were posting. And I said, I just better call Greg because he seems to be on the bleeding edge of everything technology wise. Um, and we just had a fascinating 15, 20 minute call. And I said, okay, we need to get this on tape. Um, but first off, let me ask you this. Why did it make sense, Vin, for you and your brand, the Naughty brand and everything, to get into this space? Why does it make sense for you guys? Well, it made sense way back in 1994. I mean, I was an early adapter of websites and the Internet. And, you know, we came out in 1991. Everything was analog, cassettes, vinyl, and, and eventually CDs. So when the web came about... And I understood that www meant worldwideweb.naughtybynature.com. I realized that we had our own international TV station, you know, although the fastest modem was 14.4 kilobits per second back then, you know. So I understood the potential of the global reach and we could go direct the consumer with, with that. So with that being said, you know, we put up a retail store in 1994. And around 96, I put up two websites, uh, NaughtyByNature.com and NaughtyGear.com that service that store. But at the time, no one was spending money over the credit cards or what have you, but we did have the cassettes and CD pullouts that if you had the physical copy of the album, you could rip it off, check off what you want, send a check in money order to the store. We would fulfill that order. But as digital became, you know, more robust or more mature, people started spending their money directly over the Internet, directly over the website with credit cards. Fast forward, social media came about. And now, you know, just because you have a website, people would have to specifically be looking for you. And now with these social media platforms, you could join the masses and then direct them to your website. So it was a good way to get traffic over there. Now, you know, you fast forward, we're getting into, I guess, Web 3.0. And with metaverses and NFTs and, you know, the expansion of what's going on, it's really an extension of what I've been invested in and since 94. So that's why as a OG in the game, it's easy for me to get this new technology. So it's not like I'm onboarding now in the last few years. I've been doing this since 94. Was it a simple leap? Like it just made sense? Like, did you understand it right away or was it a thing where, well, I've been betting on this since the early 90s. Let me just continue on this path. Yeah, I mean, it was easy for me to, you know, um, to get. And that, I think that's one of the benefits of the partnership Greg and I has. You know, he's really technically sound in what he's doing. And I'm good at, you know, because we've been hands on with our band, just like any other garage band, you know, you start in the garage and you go out to all of the clubs. And you got to bust your butt to find the people. But with the partnership Greg and I have, you know, with the tech 
with the tech piece, he's able to explain it to me. And it's easy for me to adopt because all I'm looking to do is to extend that direct to consumer relationship and, you know, extend the reach, the reach and bring in more people. Yeah. And the e-commerce kind of that where it's kind of started too. like we've been doing, we've worked together for over 10 years now. So in different software and different kind of apps, we did a Google TV app. We've done multiple kind of mobile apps kind of together and we've done all the web work. So I've done everything in the back end and handled a lot of their started with their marketing. But then once we got into e-commerce and that Shopify, like once we found Shopify, we could really focus. Then it was all the advertising. So Vin could take all of his, you know, personality on kind of stage and in front of the camera. And we just kill when just the type of ads that we were making were just really resonating. And I was deep into like learning a lot of, uh, really advanced kind of, you know, ad, ads in Facebook kind of in Instagram was really big a few years ago. So we just kind of ramped that up and were able to kind of really crush in that whole merch kind of apparel, you know, really kind of add social with kind of e-com and really mix that in. And that kind of led us into, okay, well, where else can we, you know, get fans? Where else can we kind of bring, you know, what other platforms? We're always looking at platforms. And that's when kind of, you know, I've been into blockchain and kind of crypto for years. So I kind of knew NFTs. And then when Vin's like, yo, we can kind of, so, and then it was alt space. Alt space is where we started, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's a great segue because I, I need you to treat me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> and <laughs> what, 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 it, like, I, I think we really need to particularly, not just for myself, but for the people listening, but mostly for myself, like really sort of level set, you know, and I have said it, I, I firmly believe that NFTs today are not going to be what NFTs are in a year or two from now. I also believe that NFTs can be, can be a, a saving grace for a lot of artists and musicians. Um, but can we explain why, Really, NFTs are not one of 8,000 variants on a cartoon monkey with lasers shooting out of its eyes. Like, what, what, what are we talking about? Because that's honestly, that's what I like. We were just, just talking with somebody about it today as we we're getting ready for this. And it's like, that's what I see it as now. I recognize that's not what it's going to be. Right. But like, what are we talking about here? Right. Well, I'll, I'll just kick it off with like, it starts off with these NFTs can be anything you really want them to be. Mm-hmm. Like if you're creative and you, you're a developer, or you know, somebody that you got to remember, these are contracts, right? They're tokens, but they're, they're, they're written as a smart contract on Ethereum or on these other blockchains. So the, the fact that, you know, you can put whatever you want in these contracts. So any kind of, you know, any kind of uh, tricks or tricks, meaning like uh, if you sell this, you know, you can buy, if you buy an NFT, then we can ship you the shoes or there's a lot of kind of different ways that you can strategize about how you structure your kind of NFTs. So what the media and what a lot of people are seeing now are these collection, these art collections. So the, you know, board apes and kind of these variant, you know, 10,000 collections or whatever it is. But a lot of those, like some of those projects don't have any utility behind it. And that's kind of where, you know, a lot of the research we've done is, you know, behind the utility and the, some of the music stuff. So we saw like Kings of Leon and we saw like mm-hmm. Dead Mouse and kind of other ones release on different platforms. You got to remember a lot of these are 
a lot of these platforms are, are spinning up and then just pitching, yo, we'll sell your NFTs on our, but there's no real like structure behind like what Gary V and kind of those guys are doing where, you know, you, so we have, uh, you know, we, the NFTs that we did where they're utility to a vault, right? Like you actually have them as a key. So these NFTs can be just key access to, you know, exclusive content, exclusive access. And that's kind of one way where we kind of pitch that, that whole, the music angle. And it wasn't just art, you know, there is an art element, but there's, there's different ways. And again, I was just, I was just using that as an example of being for sure, for sure. on that. that that's where like a lot of, I think we're going to see a lot of different vertical markets integrate these NFTs, like lawyers and real estate and kind of, you'll get out of that art kind of aspect. But, you know, for music on our side, like that's kind of then, if you want to talk about how we started with kind of near and kind of how that all worked. Yeah. Well, and and again, for me, you know, understanding what an NFT is with the way they rolled it out and just blurred the lines, people, it really got so many people confused, you know, but basically an NFT is a ticket. It is an item. But now since you have the blockchain, it's really tied to the blockchain and it's digital verification of ownership. Right. So for us, It's like a digital fan club, but now there's another step to verify it. And that is by the blockchain. So if I sold you an annual pass to a Naughty by Nature fan club, then you're purchasing that NFT. And it can be in the form of a piece of art and or if it's an album. One thing that streaming did got rid of the album. I mean, we're all of age and I see everything behind the brother there, you know, Karim, when you bought an album or you bought a CD, one of the most exciting parts was turning around the back for one, looking at the art itself, like, wow, this album cover is great. Who made this? Blah, blah, blah. The photography is awesome. Or, you know, the post editing is awesome. Then you get to turn around and see which record label it was, or who's the A&R, who was the producer, the songwriter. We've taken that away because of you know, streaming. But now with NFTs and that art, you could reintroduce that. So now if you have digital music, you could have the digital art with it, tie it to the blockchain. And now with what we're doing, we're tying it to the fan club. So if you buy our NFT, it will unlock to a content vault. And throughout the year, you know, you as being a member, you as being down with us and owning these NFTs, we could always dump new content, new art, uh, you know, perks, discount codes to our um, merch store, you know, special pop up events, you know. So memberships like American Express membership has its privileges. So and the thing that we did is. We wanted to take our time and not just start monetizing it immediately, right? We're about to go on a 57 arena tour this summer with new kids on the block, salt and pepper and and Vogue. So what we want to do is just start onboarding people and educating them to what an NFT is. So we're giving away 500 NFTs just so people could be familiar with, you know, signing up to the platform where we're on the near platform and, you know, claiming their NFT, it will be minted. And then having that NFT as a token to unlock that content vault. So as we go about on tour and we 
open up and give more and more NFTs, we'll eventually have 3,000 people who are NFT owners dump content to it, and then we'll get more sophisticated with our NFT offerings and eventually start selling. But we're taking the slow road so we can educate our fan base, our average fan. I know a lot of crypto guys and a lot of guys who are into blockchain. They get it and they're having a free for all. But for us, it would you know be kind of silly for us to think that what we see in the press and what these guys are doing, oh, this guy made two million, three million, whatever, thinking that it's going to translate to our average layman audience who don't have, they don't own crypto. They don't have Coinbase. They don't have MetaMask. So we're going to take the time to educate them in what we're doing. And, and I think what you brought up there is really important too, because I mean, again, the perception is, you know, I saw one the other day and again, and it was a, it was a version of the board ape or whatever. And it was like, you know, and there's one of 10,000 that's starting at five Ethereum. Right. And it's like, that's great. So somebody that doesn't know goes five Ethereum. I think what's that 13,000 or something right now, or 33,000. I can't even, I don't even know. I, right. I don't know. Whatever it is. Right. Like how do, how do, how do, how does the industry, how do you, how does, as an artist, how do marketers, you know, bring this to the level of somebody that is, has the money to spend $20 on a, or maybe not 20, say $40, $60 for like, you know, a reasonable amount that the hardworking person can afford versus the, the version of the board ape going for $33,000 or whatever. Yeah. So I, I have a good way. I have a good explanation of that. Like just the market decides these prices guys, like it's just like stocks. So like yeah. the, the fact that the board ape is going for hundreds of thousands is yeah. because it's an exclusive project. It was released before all the other ones. It was a night and it was, they got celebrities on. So there's reasons for like that, yeah. that price, but to yeah. get to your point, to get to the 20, $40, see the thing with Ethereum is like, there's fees on Ethereum. Every yeah. time you do a transaction, there's all these gas fees. Everybody talks about, and sometimes when there's like a lot of network traffic, those gas fees can be quite high. So you you actually have a hard time buying anything that's, you know, $50 or $40. It just ends up being more. And the fact that you have to, you know, have buy that crypto, move that crypto, and then no MetaMask and like Vin was saying. So we looked for other blockchains that were okay. just more user-friendly, right? So like yep. there's one called Near. Near is the blockchain that we kind of picked where it's a couple of guys from Google they got together and they started building proof of stake. So it works. All the fees are really low. And they worked with a company called Satori. And Satori was able to work with us and, you know, mint these free NFTs that anybody can claim. All our fans can claim. But the process, gentlemen, was amazing. Like with a nice QR code, you scan it or you click a link. Link gets in your email and it's create a wallet all on your phone. And then instantly you have this, you have this NFT. It was a 3D version of a cool kind of cube spinning slug gun, but they got that for free. And we use that code to be able to use to unlock these vaults that Ben was speaking of. So we, we found like a pathway that was least, you know, no friction. And when we actually do do monetize them, they can use a credit card. So there's a lot of these third party ones that are doing like MoonPay that are integrating with the blockchain, integrating with people's everyday kind of want you want it to be the PayPal of crypto, right? So yeah. that's kind of their kind of angle. And so we were able to, you know, and give away all these, but like Vin said, it grew that trust. 
to where when we do make videos of speaking on blockchain and how like we've made videos explaining to the fans. I don't see any other artists, you know, like these other, I just don't see them making the videos. It's like, you have to teach, you've got to educate so that you can onboard and then you can add value. And that's, See, and, and that and that's the thing I realize as an artist, you know, that I'm looking at. I understand what Snoop is doing and what a couple other uh, people are doing. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's good for them. And they have a team and, you know, their team is doing their due diligence. But for us and because we work so closely with our fan base, I personally understand how volatile crypto is and the gas fees Greg, you know, is explaining. And as he educates me, I'm like, you know what? We're not in a rush for this cash grab that everyone else is doing. We're paying attention to our fan base, our market, and we want to onboard these people slowly but surely. And we want the past of path of least resistance so we can continue and stabilize and maintain the trust that we do have with our customer base. So I'm like, well, listen, as they regulate, you know, crypto as these um exchanges get more regulated and regulated and governments get more involved, although the purist and the decentralized world don't like that. For me, I understand being responsible to my fan base and customer base. I would like some kind of regulation, some kind of stability. So when my fans and I point fans into buying crypto and their wallet gets hacked and they can't recover anything, they're like, yo, then what did you onboard me with? This is some big old scam. So, again, for us, it's not about what everyone else is doing out there. It's for us doing our due diligence, educating and moving according to what's best for us and what's going to keep our integrity with our fan base and customer base. It's almost like you've been, you know, like you said, Vin, off the top, it really started in the early 90s. And and this is just a continuation. So it's not like, oh, here's something new that I could hop on and, and ride the rocket to the top. It's like it's just another iteration of the Web that allows you and your brands to continue um, communicating and engaging with your fan base. Yes. And it's a more intimate relationship, you know, because the better you're able to log and and ledger and, and track these people, you know, again, you have their information and people are trusting you with that information. So, you know, that's a really intimate relationship. And with all of this, quote unquote, independence, and independent music artists, you know, a lot of them want to be independent, but they don't want to do the work to really nurture and curate that relationship with their fan base. And this is what this technology does. It's what it's always done. It's just a matter of who's going to be lazy about it and (laughs) and who's going for the cash grab. So again, this is what we're doing. And, And again, with the relationship with Greg, I'm able to explain it to my bandmates and future bandmates. So it's it's a slower walk, but it's going to benefit way more down the line. That's amazing. Um, I'm really interested in in this in the you know the path that you took. So you know as you know before you know Facebook changed their their, their name, um, and, and you're seeing stuff you know that's going on with TikTok and and Snapchat in terms of the AR that they're utilizing to 
engage with their their user base. You know, what were some of the first steps uh, that you guys took in, in terms of, you know, taking the, the, the naughty brand and the slugger brand into this new web web 3.0 world? Oh, wow. That was pretty that was pretty crazy because. Greg has been telling me for a few years, you know, a few years. Yeah. Yeah. A few years to get into VR. And then I have another friend, um, Laura Mingale. She's been heavy into VR. She got into it about 2015. I remember she took me up to the Toronto Film Festival to this um, VR. Like they had a whole VR gallery and you could put on headsets and try out different things. She sent me a picture from 2016. So I remember having a headset at first where you had to put the Galaxy Gear, where you put your um, phone inside the headset. So I was like, yeah, that's a little novelty. And I was like, I put it down and kind of walked away from it. But Greg had headsets and he's like, then as we're going on, you got to get into VR, you know? And then again, between Greg and Laura, they were like, then come into VR. And then I bought my first Oculus Quest 2 headset. From there, once I got immersed in the world and saw in particular VR chat and Altspace VR, I was like, oh, wow. Now that you're fully immersed in this world and it's a social platform, you know, I get this. And this is like another dimension. And hell yeah, you could build a lot without physically building a lot. And this is the ultimate place to engage your fans. Yeah, so back in like 15, 16, that Oculus came out with that DK1. So I had access to like the first prototype that Oculus kind of gave out. So once I hit that headset, I was like, all right, so like, how do you make this? How do you develop? And I was yeah. at B-Notions back then. So it was, I was showing all those and we were into Unity. And so we were already working with Unity. So to me, it was like Unity and start learning how to do 3D model. And then it just kind of built. And I'm like, who, what brand am I close to that we could develop a project? And Vin was always that go-to guy. I could always get him pumped. I could always <laughs> show him some tech and get him all riled up and say, yo, we can build a whole world. And then we got in the alt space. Once we found that social kind of place that we could do events, the, uh, and alt space is owned by Microsoft. Microsoft does not play when it comes to cloud infrastructure, when it comes to security, when it comes to identity, when it comes to a lot of that. So the infrastructure they had built was like, they had front row technology. They were syncing all these rooms and kind of, you could build a world within kind of the app. And I was like, all right, what's going on? It's in all these world builders. So we actually connected with our, uh, with a good friend and good kind of is uh, her name's artsy. And she was a, uh, a digital architect kind of designer just started a couple of years ago, taught herself everything. And she's designing these worlds. And we're like, Wow. So we put together a team and we brainstormed and we just now we have a what's called an ill town island, which is a universe that is comprised of eight individual worlds. So not just Vin's like, yo, we can't just have one world. They said it's too big. He's like, divide it up. So we divided it up into like a rooftop lounge, an NFT and art kind of gallery. We have a basketball court. We have a studio. We have a full studio that we built. We have a podcast kind of room. And we have like, um, and the other one is a, uh, like our main lobby. So the way that we looked at this was like a, you know, an artist kind of museum, right? It was like their naughty kind of ill town, just their museum. And we put a lot of interactables. It's, it's a development of it. It's not just kind of the look of everything, which is amazing. It's 
how you interact with things in the world, right? Different information. Do we put a lot of a lot of art and a lot of history of Naughty and all their Grammys and kind of everything? So it was quite the we, we when we bring like executives and different peers kind of in the industry, we bring them in these like walk through our worlds. They're just blown away. They've never seen nothing like it because people can build these worlds and it can be fun and have events. But when Illtown Sluggers did it, when we do, we hooked up with Microsoft and they gave us holoportation. They gave us different uh, technology to be able to beam. Uh, they sent us a whole equipment, video equipment in New Jersey. So we have events where they're all video and on a green screen. And that content is included in VR and it's all kind of holograms. Well, once we found that technology, it was just, it was, it was done, right, Vin? Like it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the beauty about, you know, Altspace VR and once I got inside, you know, and I understand what they're doing in um, Sandbox and Decentraland, you know, you're buying your real estate, you're building and you're monetizing from it. So, you know, in this, it's more social and it's not as monetizable yet. But I understood it's like, you know what? Well, wow, you could build this virtual mansion and you could build these worlds. So to me, it was like Elvis Presley's Graceland or Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch or, you know, the White House. I likened it to Disneyland. So I'm like, wow, well, you don't need a hundred million dollars to build this crazy facility for people to come to. Now you could build it virtually for pennies on a dollar. And I'm looking at it as our virtual museum. So now instead of us worrying about, you know, the record labels or the historians, you know, skipping over us and people like, oh, we don't get our just due. It's like you could build these worlds and you could curate, literally curate your own museum and you could tell your own story. So not only can you tell your own story, but now these spaces will be monetized where by way of subscription, by way of having a pass, you know, people could come into your museum. They could uh, buy merchandise, digital mer- um, uh, wearables. You know, they could come in. It, wh- however you program these spaces with a podcast room. Or, you know, one of our guys loves sports. So we got have KG host a sports podcast from there. All of our ticketed events. And this is where Microsoft is really supporting us. As Greg mentioned, they sent us a holoportation kit. So we've been banging out you know, free um, holoportation concerts. And we actually did a fashion show because we displayed the merchandise that we'll be selling direct to consumer during this tour we're leaving for in May. So we had a fashion show just to introduce the merch to the tour we're taking off on. And then, you know, had a mini concert in, in support of it and then gave away another 250 free NFT. So the way we're doing this is it's a freemium model and certain elements are out um, monetized outside of the space. But yes, this is how we're using these spaces just to really engage the fans, man, and, and, and make, make that relationship more intimate. That's that's interesting because that's the first time that I've heard the use of the term freemium model when it came to this space. Right. Like that's that's really interesting because, again, that is a way, obviously, um, to get somebody in. And I think about even your your free NFTs. I mean, it is a freemium model. And a way to integrate the NFTs into that metaverse. That's kind of that world. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. your ticket to kind of get into whether it's an event. So we can sell specific NFTs 
that are the keys to these events. And you'll say, well, why would you do that? Well, then you have all these wallet addresses. So these early kind of email, remember the email, get all their emails and kind of you build these big databases of emails. Mm -hmm. Now it's all about wallet addresses that you can do the what's called an airdrop. Have you heard of that? That's where you can just give away NFTs. Like if you have fans and you have them there, like you can provide value and give give them NFTs. Everyone's trying to sell all these NFTs and make all this money. We're giving them away and we're trying to think of other ways to add value, to stack it so that this metaverse kind of, it makes more sense, right? Like I, I love the worlds and the concerts. So the concerts are crazy. Like they're, it's a hologram in VR and you can see all the avatars. Everybody's throwing up emojis. And we had a virtual drone that was recording the whole show. So we're actually going to build like a recap video of kind of all that. And then uh, Vin, you want to tell him what you got planned maybe in a few months when we do a video, a certain specific video? Oh, yeah. Well, for one, Greg will get you some of this content, some of our like our guy, uh, Samad, you know, you can send him the clip of right. Samad and, and performing in VR. So it's like the Tupac hologram performing in front of the animated <laughs> avatar. So it's really, uh, really, really, hey. really. Really crazy. But what we're going to do in the future before we leave on tour, we're actually going to shoot a mixed reality music video. So we're going to record in VR with all of our fans, you know, their animated avatars. And then our DJ Slugger, you know, he's a character mascot like Marshmallow. He has the bear head. We're going to shoot him in reality. But then we're bringing him into VR and he has his own custom avatar and we're going to blend the two mix reality. So this is what we're doing as 50 year olds going out on this uh, <laughs> middle age tour, you know, soccer mom tour. So we're going to show him that the old geezers still are up on the technology. So we're going to uh, make sure we keep it interesting for him and futuristic. That's awesome. This is this is fascinating. Like. Totally fascinating. So I'm thinking in my head because I'm trying to relate to it. And I'm thinking, just remember the movie Ready Player One. The guy, the guy might live in a stack of these old cars, but he puts those goggles on and boom, he's like, he's in that. And, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking of when you're, when you're talking about these concerts and, and stuff. I'm thinking about this is what it's like. Am I on the right? Yeah. Am I thinking of this correctly? You're absolutely right, because, you know, like um, Sandbox in Decentraland, those are really, what, two-dimensional? Because you use them on your laptop and on your computer, right? It's like a video game. But in VR, you put on those headsets, it's literally another dimension. So you're going in there, and it's really, really trippy, man. It's like we're here in person, and it's just a better experience for me. And some people like VR, some people don't. But for me, you know, in doing what I've been doing since 94, I'm like, nah, this is where it is. Because, <laughs> you know, it's literally another dimension. Man. And it gives it's really you- funny. You see, like, you know, in real life, how like people gather around kind of celebs and bit. And when he's in VR, you see all the different avatars come around and he's like, we can take selfies. You can take photos. So we actually took the slugger <laughs> chair from yeah. the tour in, in the real world made it digital as an asset. And then we do people, people were lining up kind of weird. We're like, Hey, there's all these worlds. So we were synchronized and it's a, it's a different type of fan engagement. They were, and then people didn't understand it was live. Some people were like, is this pre-recorded? 
they're used to that experience on, let's say, Facebook Meta Horizons and other other concert platforms are just a 2D pre-recorded image. Like you're in VR, but it's like watching Netflix in VR. What we do is way different. Like we put holograms in a 3D environment. So you can actually go around the stage and hook up and it's it's wild. And we're we're working on developing some interactions. Imagine as a concert, like Vin's good at like managing 50,000 people in a wave. We want to be able to ask the fans, what do you want us to play next? And in a normal concert in the real world, you can't ask that. No one's going to answer. Like they can yell, but in the <laughs> world, in the metaverse, they can. So they can have a, something come up in front of them. They can pick, I want this favorite song. He can see the stats and he can play the next song. Polling like, the audience. Yeah, there's different ways. You got to you got to open up your mind to like how we can interact with these fans. And so we were telling them, no, this is live. That's really Vinarock. There's DJ KG and here's Slugga. So they were, all right, this is it's a whole different, whole different world. Huh. This is crazy. Greg, I don't know if you noticed um, that when you said, you know, you go into these VR spaces and you hook up. Mike, the other Greg got excited at that term hookup. So he's uh, <laughs> he's very excited. He's very excited about that. Um, I'm well, guessing people definitely hook up in VR. Definitely. Oh, damn. Oh, my <laughs> goodness gracious. <laughs> um, no, this is amazing. You know, Vin, when you're talking about how you love this, I'm thinking, you know, my, my knees are, are, are starting to hurt with this with this age as I'm getting older. I'm guessing, Vin, you don't need to worry about any of that stuff when you're in, in, in these sort of virtual worlds doing a show. Well, the only thing is, well, I mean, we're holoporting, but if we have on the headset, you can tend to get a little nauseous if, if, <laughs> if not. Start dancing around. Yeah, I start partying too much. But yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, you don't have to worry about that. Hey, you don't have to worry about anyone groping you or, or accusing you of God knows what. So, Well, they actually implemented both Meta and I got to give them both Meta and Microsoft implemented what's called a bubble. So you have these bubbles kind of around you and they kind of serve as more of a for protection stuff. It was getting you got to remember, these are social kind of open kind of platforms. So there's a lot huh. of kids sometimes and a lot of older and a lot of women. And obviously, and so it's just for a safety part, there's there's safety, digital ways of kind of protection, which is, which is interesting. Yeah, That's really interesting. Um, tell me more about and maybe this is a dumb question. Tell me about this, this Microsoft partnership. Tell me about. Uh, if you can, um, like you talked about this, what is it? The hel- heliportation? Heliportation, yes. Heliportation. Like what the heck is this stuff? Well, the thing is, is that our relationship with Microsoft, again, our dear friend, Laura, um, she was actually working for Microsoft. And one of the executives who heads up Altspace VR, they set up a meeting with us. So again, once I was able to explain to Microsoft my concept of how I would use the space by building my virtual museum and ticketed events and all of this stuff. They were like, wow, this kid totally gets it. And then I had Greg who could do the deep dive on the tech talk. They're like, you know what? These are the partners we're looking for. So as you finish in your build, we have this holoportation technology that, I mean, you could do use it to do podcasts with. You could use it to do concerts with, fashion shows, whatever you see fit. And they kind of knew we understood 
what to do with it and how to do it. So they sent us a holoportation kit, which few people have. You know, this is something that mass adoption and it gives us a chance to do unique events in in VR. So, yeah, because we un- they understood that we understood what we were doing, they lent us the technology. So we did two holoportation events, which what people is... If you don't understand what holoportation is, just think of the Tupac um, hologram, you know, so it's like he's really there. But, you know, Tupac died. But this technology, we're really there looking like this. But everyone else are animated avatars. So once again, we'll send you some of our footage and yeah. you'll get to see how it actually works. And it, it's really great. But. You know, in a nutshell, yes, Microsoft lent their support to us. They lent that equipment to us. And with that being said, we're able to have a more unique experience and unique events in our world. Yeah, we we did all the research of like what platforms are out there, who's doing live events. And you got to remember like the stuff that like Travis Scott and, you know, like Roblox or Fortnite and kind of those, those are big deals. Those are big platforms and those are bigger players. So we needed some, you know, a company that is providing a like all space is free. Like you can go in and make an event and host in many events. And so there's, but for us, it was the extra equipment, the extra technology allowed us to kind of expand and get a lot of press for it get a lot more, expand a lot more because it's, look, we made these videos. Once we send the videos back to Microsoft of our kind of event and they send that around to all, they were, they're excited. They're excited to kind of help more and lend more support. And you got to like, we're we're looking at this tech as, you know, there's stuff with motion capture, with 3D. Like you got to remember, this is all 180, it's holograms. So as you kind of turn, you're not going to get a full three, it's not full 3D capture yet. Right. In the future, for our technologies, obviously, with motion capture, like the movies, well, now, like, it's going to come to the consumers more to where when we, so Vin and I are going to put on these virtual concerts for fans, you know, whether it's with Naughty and Nailtown and possibly other artists that can come in and we can build these a metaverse world and then have a concert for them in digital and they promote it to all their fans. And it's just, it's a unique, new, cutting edge way to kind of promote you know, your songs and kind of your your brand, like all the artists. Yeah. So what what's happening is, is that we're developing into a full blown, you know, virtual production company because we have the established brand Naughty by Nature and what we're doing, the established startup with Old Town Sluggers. But, you know, we're we're doing case studies now. So we're able to set these things up push push it out, push out these shows, you know, really impress Microsoft. But now I can onboard my peers. You know, I just happened to see Salt from Salt and Pepper today in the studio. Uh, we have tons of guys, Rob Bass, you know, they hit me up. Uh, and as all of my industry peers see what I'm doing, they're willing, they're actually hitting me up. Yo, Ben, how can I be down? So we'll be able to produce events for them, not only our veteran acts, but our up and coming acts who are working with us on our slugger project. That's that's a great segue because what I wanted to ask was, um, and Greg, you mentioned some free platforms, like how doable, or maybe it's what's doable for an up and coming artist within this exactly. space. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause we're talking about big productions here up to this point. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm a, a young artist out of Northern Ontario. H- how do I leverage this? Perfect. So yeah, like it's there. He's exactly right. Like there are both, there are levels to it. 
But these are free platforms like Meta Horizons, like a, the World Horizons. That's free. That's on the Oculus. And you can learn. And there are people, you got to remember, since this is so new, there are a lot of younger designers and developers on these platforms. So for an artist, a young artist, go on Facebook groups. Go and find these horizon kind of groups and go in there and say, hey, you're going to find tons of designers that can go and help you and build you a whole world. And then you can put on an event like us. You could go into and you can uh, there's other ways of putting on events. guys. You know, you can be in VR and sing or you could do the broadcast. Right. The, the stream. Go ahead. Ben. Well, I can I can interject. And for the average artist who wants to get into this space. You know, if you get a headset and you sign up for Altspace VR, there are open mics every night virtually. You know, mm. if you're a stand up comedian and you want to get your chops, mm. there are open mics for comedians there. You go in these rooms and you sign up. They let you go on. And and these are established places. They have, you know, these virtual cafes, these virtual comedy clubs, these virtual open mic venues. And before you even think about building anything in the space, you can go in there just like you went into a regular open night, open mic night, you know, and then the better you are, you you find fans there. And then the more you participate in this space and more the more you meet other people, then you can start to build out your worlds and build out your spaces and, you know, have people gravitate towards you. Time out. You're telling me that that movie I saw a couple of years ago, Ready Player One, like that's now. That's very much. Yeah, that's, now. that's 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 now. Okay. Well, okay, let's. Let, I'll break that down. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Okay. now, now, I'm, I'm not saying no, that there, there's levels of it, right? There's of course, levels. yeah. So you, you got to remember, one of the metrics everybody's looking at is how many users are actually live in a VR world with you. Okay, that that's important. And like, what platform are we talking about? Are we talking about Oculus Quest, which is a mobile platform? Or are we talking about Xbox or something that can have millions of kind of people on it, like Fortnite? So there's a difference, right? So when they say metaverse and they say Ready Player One, that's way in the future where the infrastructure is there to have. And you got to remember the it's all about, you know, did Apple release the glasses? Who's doing the contact lenses? Who, this, this technology has to grow for, the, for the, the big vision of a persistent, live, 24-7, commerce-driven, gaming-driven metaverse, like that big world. So all we're doing now is baby steps. And all we're doing now is little pieces of the puzzle. Now, what we're talking about is, is, is a metaverse, but it's more of a social VR. And then when they move, you know, when all these companies build out their kind of meta, like when meta actually fruition to where you have a home and you can buy NFTs and integrate it into your home and all that, that's a little while off, but that'll be more of a, like you said, it'll be more of a ready player one kind of world. But to now you can go and play games with thousands of people. Like you can go interact and you can build your worlds and it's amazing what you can actually get away with now. Where have I been? Sorry, Greg, you wanted to ask some questions. Um, well, I have a couple of questions again, along the same lines in terms of young artists. So um, Greg, you mentioned earlier about, you know, you have all these platforms coming online now. Hey, come on over here. Come on over here. And one of the things, cause I actually got a, I saw a Facebook ad and maybe cause I was doing research, you know, as we got ready for this, but it's like, Hey, 
post your music. And I went on, it's like, watch this webinar. And I'm like, and people are like, oh, and then I got to sign up for it. I got to pay. So like, like how, how are young artists that don't have the support that you guys have, Vin, you have support and, and Greg, you was providing support. Like how are young artists um, supposed to watch from getting caught with the snake oil salesman? Because yeah. this isn't like a, you get a lawyer, you get a publisher, you, you sign a record contract anymore. Now all of a sudden it's like, I'm signing up for a webinar. I'm paying this money and, and, and. So it just goes back to, you got to learn, do your own research. Or if you're not that tech savvy, you got to find that geek friend. You got to have that friend that can steer you away. Like I, I do that for Vin, like on, on the deep level stuff, obviously surface level all problem, but if it gets really deep and another company wants to talk to us about specific blockchain, the deep that we take that, but I'll, I'll vet those for him. So okay. it's, if you, if an artist doesn't have that tech knowledge and some of it's just YouTube, right? Watching it so that they know you got to watch some of these companies. Like there's lots of platforms, there's lots of blockchain. And the thing with scams and NFTs and that it's, it can get in depth. Like these wallets, it's like, it's a wallet, it's a bank. So I can go in if you, and it's all about social engineering. I can tell you I'm from support. I'm from naughty by nature, NFT support. Please give me your private key. And I will, I will give you the NFT that you didn't get, man. There's ways of replicating websites. Like it can get deep. So you need someone on your team. That's, that's my best advice. Have a, let them learn a little bit and then have somebody on their team that can, that can move them away from, but you can build a lot of this yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, it's just like the labels that Vin's been dealing with, you know, 30, 40 years, it's all these labels, like we'll help you. We'll give you money. We'll run your NFT project for you. We'll do all this. Now we're seeing like, if you're independent, you've got to put together a small little tech team that can kind of do it yourselves and build the ownership and the value that you're going to keep is just now, now we know, right? And Vin can attest to that. Well, and and that's the thing as well. I I tell a lot of people, I mean, you know where to find the next pair of Jordans or the Supreme sneakers or the, you know, you know how to do all of that. But when it comes to this space, you really need to align yourself with a, a tech savvy person, you know, and it's not so far away. There's always someone in your neighborhood or in your ecosystem who you can get access to a guy like Greg, you know, and that's what I chose to invest in and partner up with Greg over 10 years ago. Now, you know, some people just like to hang with the homies and they bring absolutely nothing to the table. You know, (laughs) those guys aren't even assets. Those are liabilities in your life. So it's about life choices. And then when you get with someone like Greg, it's not all about the cash grab because again, we didn't run out here and just automatically start selling NFTs because it was the buzzword and we have a 30-year brand. It's like, no, we're going to do the deep dive and really understand what this thing is and how it's tied to crypto and, you know, the gas fees and, and what these coins are and everything. And we're taking our time. But as we're taking our time, we're seeing other celebrities get caught up in pump and dump scams. And, you know, some celebrities, oh, I did this project and then it goes away and you've never heard of them or the project again. So we choose to approach this a different way. So all the young up and coming artists, you know, you you, you really got to just follow an example like us. 
Yeah. Hey, Greg, another, another good one would be there's a lot of new kind of artists in this NFT kind of space, right? Like a lot of younger artists that are good. It'd be good for a musician to collab with one of them and kind of hit them up and say, let's mm. do a project together. You're trying to do this art kind of NFTs. I'm going to provide some new music and we're going to sell to both of our market together, collab together and actually pitch their fans and say, look, like we built and there are platforms. If you, if you go out there, one's called Mintgate. Mintgate's a really good one where you can you can make some NFTs and they'll get all the code so that you can gate, you know, maybe a video or maybe a website or like a, a folder that has a bunch of info. So for a young artist, like I'm coming up, it's like, you want to know about NFTs and music and art, go on some of these NFT groups on Facebook or go in uh, clubhouse or go on Twitter spaces. That's where all this stuff's happening. Go in one of those and listen for a bit, spend a few hours listening to NFT artists talk about you, man, if I had a musician right now, I would merge the music with the music and you can inter, inter, you know, integrate the art. There's ways of creatively doing that that could give them some buzz or give them experience in this space. You've got to get your hands dirty. Okay, there's no other way of doing this. Like you got to jump in and you got to learn. You got to learn some stuff. So young artists can actually absolutely do it. It's one almost of, like the, um, it's almost like the early days of, of social, right? Where it's like what what does what is how do I get it? Do I just tell people what I have for breakfast on Twitter, or is there <laughs> is there more to it? You know, why should I you know you know share pictures on on Instagram? I don't get it. And it's like you know you gotta you know maybe there wasn't a, a, a you know you didn't need to have goggles, but yeah, you still needed to have a decent smartphone, uh, you know, to 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 make it work properly. And it was just learning on on how do I you know, upload my music video or 10 seconds of me playing the guitar. And, you know, how do I engage? What hashtags do I use? Who should I follow? And there was a learning curve, right. uh, you know, to, to all of that. And and I think, you know, based on, on this almost one hour conversation, it's like, it's there, the, there's, there's these free sites, get yourself a, a, a decent pair of goggles, um, headset that that'll work. Uh, on these sites and, and then just play and learn, exactly. you know, sh- show up and learn. Exactly. And then, you know, just for everyone, I mean, there's so many different verticals out there, so many different careers out there. And like you said, you know, you use these tools and figure out how it best suits you and your business or how it best suits you and your social life. And you take your time, man, and it's a learning curve. And then you use it to your advantage, how you see fit. Um, one of, one of the questions- virtual concerts for a young artist, like having a virtual concert once a week. You know, the artist named Russ, you've heard of that hip hop artist, Russ. No, no. Yeah, go, go, go do YouTube and learn about Russ, R-U-S-S. And you know, watch him kind of how he got in that hip hop game where released a, a, you know, a song every week and do that for a year and do that for a year and a half. So there's, there's grinds that you can do as these artists. You've got to get into the metaverse and start doing virtual shows every week, start singing. Just like Vin said, go into that, that mic and kind of that those rooms or have your own world, have somebody help you make, make a world and start hosting. It'll grow. Like it'll grow just like your social media following, just like anything else that interaction will grow and you'll learn because it's coming. It's not going away. Like there's, we're going to have a welcome to the music world. 
on uh, Alt Space VR. Right. Who played? You guys have good podcasts. You know, powered like, by hey, Lil Sluggers. We could invite you to our podcast. You could also actually host Rainer World. Let's 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 set that up. Let's set that up. Metaverse, yeah. We don't have too much time. This has been amazing, Greg. I think you had a question that you wanted uh, well, to ask. It was actually it was actually a question from somebody who wanted to ask you guys a question. Sure. And and again, it's not. I was I was not going to ask it because I've asked a couple of like sort of not adversarial questions, but questions around you know. Anyway, so Natalie Muir who wanted to know um, your view on, and this is more for the people that artists that aren't necessarily into it yet, or aren't ready to get into it yet. Um, She wanted to know how the future or how, what's going to protect artists. What's the future of NFT to protect artists from what right now she sees as the rampant um, digital theft and minting that's happening, whether it's visual art or music art, and she wants to know how how is that going to be? How how are how are young artists going to be protected when it comes to that? Well, that's why I'm a big advocate of some kind of centralization. You know, mm-hmm. what you're describing is strictly in a decentralized metaverse. You know, um, and I feel that way, and this is why I don't want my fan base diving into that space. And they don't really understand it. And it's not as regulated. So, again, this is why I'm taking my time and I'm trusting that the community at large works with, you know, the the tech community at large works with government and come up with some kind of solution where there is some sort of regulation. There is some sort of protection and, you know, you won't get scammed and you won't get hacked and you won't, you know, get your stuff stolen from you because that's exactly what is going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, because it's the buzzword and because everyone is running into the space, just like anything else, the thieves are waiting. They're definitely waiting. So mm-hmm. you definitely have to protect yourself. So this, this is a two headed dragon. Okay. This, <laughs> it really is because it gets down to where like, yes, we want regulation and kind of like safety nets and kind of all this but the core of Web3, a lot of that is that direct where it's decentralized, where I own the keys and I protect and you can't get shut off by PayPal. You can't get shut off the platform. So a lot of this comes down to it's all about credibility. OK, it's all about when I'm an artist and I have a verified blue check account or I my my fans need to know that they're buying it from me. Only click. It's it just, Greg, a lot of this is like some of this is just cybersecurity kind of stuff where it's yeah. don't don't uh, don't connect your wallet to sites that you don't even know that you only connect to one's platforms that that artist said that I'm on. Like I would tell like uh, tell my fans, go on OpenSea, go on Foundation. I'm only there like or have a link and tell everybody only click on the link that's in my IG profile. So as simple as kind of stuff like that, then it's about the fans learning their lesson and everyone learning. Don't click on links in an email. Everyone knows now. Don't <laughs> click on those banners to sell the old. So it's all about learning. And, and we can't we can't hold hands. A lot. We have to. Tell people this is education. You learn. Well, well, what I feel is as a community, even if it's a decentralized community, right? As if we're in the jungle, we're all apes and primates, right? There's going to have to be some kind of order. We have to, I mean, if there's four of us on this call right now, 
There's got to be some kind of order. There's got to be some kind of respect. So even in a decentralized world, all of the players in that decentralized world, eventually you're going to have to govern these spaces, right? Even without the government intervention, you're going to have to govern these spaces. You just can't live life without some kind of governance. And that's what I'm banking on happening or else you literally have the wild, wild west. You imagine yourself going out in the world and there's no police department. There's no government regulation there. And it's like you walk down the street and life or death. Hey, if somebody knocks you over the head or vice versa and walk away, well, it is what it is. You know, (laughs) they'll scoop you up and make you roadkill with no recourse. So, I mean, that's where we're going with this thing. So it's got to be figured out. Well, and they're trying, right? And uh, yeah, the platforms are trying. This is all new, like blockchain technology, even though like an NFT is verified and immutable, and it is. But what if that NFT is on Ethereum? What if I take that same NFT and I put it on Solana or I put it on Cardano or I put it on another of the thousand blockchains? So, Greg, there, there are actually tools that Adobe just released. They just released that a few months ago. Adobe has a tool where it's going to authenticate and verify from your Adobe integrated in the actual art. So there are there are ways people are working on ways of yeah. protecting artists of educating artists to protect a lot of this has to do with social engineering and hacking a lot of this has to do with people taking you you can take picasso right you can right click picasso and put it up on a website and say i'm selling it and now if somebody buys it you know whose fault is that like who's so there's there's a learning curve to the buyers there's a learning curve to the artists how you work don't don't just mint your stuff on some random website and sell it to your fans. Like Vin said, you have to, you know, bring it into a controlled environment, a trusted. It's all about trust. Do yeah. you trust where you're getting your fans, where you're getting that stuff from? You should educate your fans, give them secure links. There's yeah, and like I said, it's it's changing. So it's not as easy as it was. And like Vin said, it's might get worse. Like I can't, we can't promise that it's gonna be. Everyone has to be safe out there. It gets scary, especially yeah, with a wallet, with a with a yeah. wallet that has money in it. Like people are draining these wallets left and right because people are connecting their wallets to a minting website to try and get the little egg, the little lion egg with the with the hair on it. Okay, well that's your fault for trying to you have to do your due diligence. Yeah, it's it's funny because the example that Natalie used when we were chatting about it was she said that or th- the example she used that a lot of art is being stolen from is deviant art the website and so apparently there's a lot of theft happening from deviant art being minted because again it's very it's a very creative inv- site and, open, and, yep. and people have art that they've had there for 10 15 years or whatever it does a dozen years that they haven't even thought about all of a sudden the art's getting ripped off minted and sold as if it's that person's well then you go and sell it yourself and you go tell everybody that you can that you this is the real place to get it and that there are fakes you do all your reporting that you can you tell your social to report it you can contact those platforms yourself hey it's just like ebay in the old days right yeah like the old days that's all it is. I could steal yeah. something and put it up on eBay and it's not even mine and people would buy it. And yep. that's just so we've had these yep. problems in tech for for centuries or decades. So but that's <laughs> what I but that's what I'm saying. 
Now you had eBay, which was the wild, wild west. But now because it's some sort of regulation there and, and there's still unauthorized product up there, but there is some kind of regulation. So there is some sort of security now, as opposed to back in the yeah, day. AI is getting, we all know AI is getting a lot stronger and a lot faster. So I think these AI platforms like YouTube and Google, they have some AI that if you, if you upload a music, they know, and they'll take it down content yeah. IDs. There's going to be these these types of systems, Greg, and, and for art and for these NFTs, and it'll come. It's just very early, I think, early yep. days. Yep, fair enough. Then, Greg, we could probably talk to you for hours <laughs> on end, but thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, if people want to check out what you guys are doing uh, – in the metaverse and in, in, in VR and in AR, where, where should they go? Well, for one, you um, sign up. First of all, get yourself an Oculus Quest 2 headset because that's the best experience, right? If not, you could download Altspace VR on your Mac or PC. Just go to altspacevr.com. Once you download the app and, and um, get your avatar, then you look up uh, L-Town Island. We have a main code, right? I have to put that code up there. Um, yeah, but they can search for it. Search for it in the worlds. Like you just, so there's there's events and then there's worlds. And this is, we have multiple worlds. You search for Naughty by Nature or L-Town Sluggas or Slugga and all, all of these worlds will come up. That is awesome. And Greg, you're going to send us a couple of videos, yeah? Yeah, sure. Send you a recap video and what we just did. And uh, yeah, just kind of give you a, an idea of kind of what these holoportation virtual concerts kind of look like. And, cool. and maybe we'll send you guys links to these NFTs. You guys can claim some free NFTs on your phone and just kind of get a sense of what that process looks like. Yeah, do send it over. Are we, are we okay to use the video on our website and put it in the show here? Yes, yes. And awesome. as a matter of fact, Greg, um, Eric just uploaded the uh, fresh recap video with lower audio because that audio was lower and crunchy. Yeah. Awesome. This has been fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for this, for this chat. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, Matt, looking forward to all the, all the, all the stuff that you guys are doing and and the future as well. That's right. So you guys, you know, now that we have this relationship, so you guys got to hit us up again, probably around August, September and see where we are. And you're oh, going to watch our, our growth and progress. All right. In real time. Absolutely. Well, I'll make sure to hit you guys up for sure. All right. Thanks Thank you so much. much. All the Appreciate best, guys. Thanks, gents. Thanks, Appreciate guys. your time. Thank you.